Welcome to the Blue Oasis Podcast. This is the podcast for finding peace and prosperity in your life, learning the history of hobbies, as well as making a little side hustle out of your hobbies. If you want to find balance in your life and find peace, this is your show. Get ready. You're listening to the Blue Oasis Podcast. I am your host, Adam Rosty. All right, let's get to the show. And welcome back to the Blue Oasis Podcast. I am your host, Adam Rothstein. Joining with me today is Will Mason. Uh, William, how are you? I'm doing well, Adam. How are you doing? I'm doing terrific. All right. So um, disclosure, uh, we were college classmates, uh, went to Towson University and um, tried to enjoy our time there. Uh, to say the least. Uh, yes, we did. We tried. And uh, yeah, we, we had a few, uh, few nice conversations at the Glen Dining Hall uh, as, our, as broke college students. So it was good times. Yeah, great times. Um, okay, so you are definitely um, more musically inclined than I am. Um, so what sparked your interest in guitars? Yeah, so, uh, you know, just to give a little background about myself right now, uh, you know, I'm pretty much my own business owner, so I uh, kind of operate independently outside of any bigger corporations, uh, and I am mainly doing that through music uh, and music services uh, and, and other various marketing services as well, um, and that kind of all started with the guitar, like you said, so uh, when I was 13, I picked up the guitar because to be honest uh it was mainly because I was interested in girls I was interested in trying to meet girls I was like uh you know 13 year old me uh was an awkward little guy I was like well what can I do to be cool and guitar was a interesting uh starting place and I had a friend who played guitar and so he was like dude you should play guitar so I told my mom mom I want to play guitar and uh, so I ended up getting lessons uh with a awesome teacher named Jody Moser for a few months or probably six months. And, um, you know, kind of as as soon as I picked it up, I was able to kind of start playing songs pretty quickly. Uh, you know, I started with the classics like smoke on the water, those really simple type songs or the, uh, lion sleeps tonight, just, just really, uh, you know, kind of simple things to get started. And, uh, you know, the rest is history and I've been playing for, you know, probably 13 years, somewhere around there at this point. Uh, nice. I mean, nice. I mean, absolutely. And I mean, it's, I mean, you start young, even at 13 and, you know, big things happen. Um, you have a YouTube channel with over 300 subscribers. Now that's way more than my 46, but I mean, you're going to get monetized soon, um, at this rate. Yeah. I mean, so, so for me getting monetized on YouTube isn't, you know, top priority because, uh, you know, for, for me, I, I don't really like the advertising model because it relies on you building an audience of hundreds of thousands of people to really make it profitable where you can build a pretty profitable business uh, with a much smaller audience if you're marketing the right thing with a higher average order value, um, you know, like lessons or, um, you know, information. So, 
uh, yeah, not to get into too businessy. I'm not, I'm not sure what your target audience is for this podcast or who your main listeners are. Uh, but that's kind of how I think about it. Yeah. Um, my target art audience, I'll actually, I'll let you in on this. Um, so it's definitely hobbyists, people who are into side hustles and want to earn a little extra income and, uh, just a little more about me. Uh, I like to, uh, help people, uh, find stuff on Upwork and, and teach them how to narrate audiobooks. So, uh, especially audiobooks, love those, love making them and, uh, just, you know, um, and love edit and just love editing the whole thing down and, uh, getting everything out there, but enough about awesome. me, uh, more about you, uh, sort of thing. Um, so is there any, was there any struggle growing up, uh, learning the guitar and learning the, uh, notes, Yeah. So uh, in terms of struggle, I I think that it's pretty common knowledge that musicians, uh, you know, there's the term starving artist. There's the, uh, the general struggle that goes along with being a musician, I think. And the the easiest way I can think of to describe it is uh, that you just have this, these musical ideas, these ideas that you want to put out into the world. And the thing is, is that music is, um, very saturated. It's a very competitive market where you have lots of different sellers, right? Uh, and so it's very, um, it, it's similar to being an entrepreneur where you're trying to put these ideas out and, so, and a lot of them will not work. And that's just kind of the na- nature of the beast where, you know, a very high percentage of ideas that entrepreneurs and musicians put out don't work and they have to accept that. And that can be a very mentally taxing thing. So that's kind of my thoughts on on that in terms of just general struggle. Uh, For me, right after I started learning how to play the guitar, uh, the 2008 financial collapse happened. uh, And my parents lost a lot of uh, lost a lot in that whole situation. And they had to downsize a lot. So we actually moved into a a converted trailer home type of thing. And uh, money was super, super tight. Uh, And so for me, that's part of why I think I got very good at music. Uh, was was that struggle because for me we were very I was very socially isolated um, you know in the place that we moved to and there wasn't really a lot to do so I just focused on playing guitar and learning the notes uh, as you say and learning you know think more about music theory uh, kind of by myself independently Uh, and then shortly thereafter would have been a couple years later I applied and auditioned for a magnet art school in Hagerstown called the Barbara Ingram School for the Arts. Uh, went there for classical guitar for two years before uh, graduating um, and then going to college. But yeah, I, I would say uh, those are kind of the main hit points for struggle. Uh, and, and I mean, even, you know, today uh, with being a, an independent, uh, you know, being self-employed, essentially, you know, there it's always a struggle because you are the you know, if if something's wrong, it's your fault. And you are the, you're the sole person responsible to bring in the sales and you're the sole person responsible to deliver the product and make people happy. So it's uh, still, still a struggle. It's a struggle every day. And I I think any entrepreneur would say the same, regardless of whether you're a music entrepreneur or an entrepreneur in another industry. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, it, you know, uh, my mentor, uh, 
Jason uh, always has the saying, you know, live as if, as if it's your fault because 90% of the time it is. Uh, and, you know, if you just live off that mindset, you know, you're going to be more likely to correct the mistakes you made in the past. Now, um, to everyone listening, I don't think you can correct everything because, you know, some people just don't want to improve, but, you know, do you and, and just build out the best life you can. So I think those are good words. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah. I think that's a, I think it's a good motto. I, I look at it as the same way where a lot of people argue about, Oh, well do people have free will or is everything predetermined? Uh, to me, I, think that you know either is equally likely but you might as well live your life believing that you have free will uh because it would suck to find out that you you did the whole time and you just kind of sat around because you were like oh well the world's predetermined and everything's based on luck and if you just sit around and and um kind of assume that it's all about luck and what the world hands to you uh it's, it's just not a good strategy you should pursue life as if you have some control over it, even if you don't. Yeah. Um, now growing up, did you play anything like guitar hero or anything? Just. Oh, okay. I could talk about guitar. So guitar hero is really funny because, so I started playing guitar before guitar hero came out. I think that it probably would have come out probably in high school. So I'd started playing a little bit before guitar hero came out. And for me, Guitar Hero was always really funny because I would see all these people spending hours and hours and hours of time trying to learn Through the Fire and Flames or these other you know songs on Expert. And I was just like, why would you do that? Like, why not take that time and actually learn the real guitar? You know, um, it, to me, it, to me, it was always funny. Um, I, I can understand playing it casually as a gamer or at parties. Like, I, I totally get that because it's cool to feel like a rock star uh you know after you've you know when you're just hanging out with friends um but yeah for me it was always funny the people who took it really seriously I was like why don't you just learn the guitar dude (laughs) yeah and and actually it's cheaper to buy a guitar and get one of those uh keynotes or those um those thumb things oh what are they called uh that you uh string the guitar with chord buddy uh, or, oh you're saying uh you're saying a string winder um, or not, a... not a string one wi- I, I think it was a chord buddy and and you just move your fingers up and down the the uh strings uh, th- this is why i'm not a musician yeah the chord buddy is funny i feel like the i feel like the chord buddy is kind of um <laughs> it's kind of a great example of one of those products that exists because people buy it thinking that it's going to help their lack of work ethic but in reality, the, the chord buddy is not going to make you a good musician. Like the chord buddy is just there as an, as an excuse for you to say that you tried by using money, but nothing replaces hard work. Like you buying this hundred dollar piece of crap is not going to make you a good guitarist, you know? Yeah. <laughs> sorry if that, sorry if that's harsh to any of it, anybody out there who's using the chord buddy, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's just saying it out is. Yeah, of of course. Um yeah, um okay, let's see. Uh one more question 
and I will go to ads from there. Um, so have you taught anyone in the past and uh, charged money for it? Yeah. So I, I do lessons and I do, I, I would say just to kind of give you a breakdown of it, my main source of income is in production. So in producing music for other people uh, where they'll come to me with ideas and then I will use the computer typically and, and other instruments to bring it together into a full song. Uh, so whether that's recording or arranging. And then so it, you'd be surprised how hard it is to actually do that, where, you know, it's, it can range from, you know, it can take 100 hour man hours to fully flesh out a song that's really good. Um, you know, so it's that, that's kind of the main place. And in terms of lessons, I have done that. Um, but the problem is, is that lessons is a very competitive space uh, and there's a lot lower barrier to entry for lessons. So it's a lot easier to compete as a music, as a custom music producer. I mean, it's just, there's still a lot of competition, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot more people that know how to play guitar uh, that are willing to teach lessons than there are people who are very technically skilled uh, in a digital audio workstation to produce music. So I, I don't know how much of this is should be business talk, but I would say from a competitive standpoint, that's how you should be looking at things is, well, what can I do that has a higher barrier to entry for other people? Uh, and even in the music industry, you can find places like that where it's like, well, maybe I'm going to make a certain niche of music uh, that's difficult to replicate, or maybe I will make some new process that's difficult to replicate for other producers. So yeah, I think uh, just thinking about things competitively and thinking about it in terms of market saturation is a big part of what governs where I go with stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, now to the promotions. Okay. So if you like baseball and want to listen to a great audiobook, you should check out my audiobook, Growing the Game. Available on audible.com right now. Uh, the link is in the show notes and the promo code is also there if you want to get your first uh, month free. Uh, th- for, yeah, first 30 days f- for free. Just use that promo code and click the link to get my audiobook. And, uh, and if it's not out already, it should be. Um, the my next audiobook is uh, Chess, the Game for Peace and Prosperity. That is coming out uh, soon. So just search for that on your favorite audiobook app as well. And also, if you are interested in learning from uh, the best uh, audiobook narrator, um, yours truly, uh, definitely check out RothsteinVoiceOvers.com. Hit me up in the chat box, and I will gladly help you for all your audio editing needs, whether that be for our podcast, audiobook, or anything of the sort. Uh, William, a uh, quick question about your uh, digital handwriting. Um, you want to tell the audience about that? For sure, Adam. So uh, as part of my business, I, I do a lot of marketing stuff as well, uh, and sometimes for people outside of the music industry. Uh, And so I actually have a service that allows people to send digital notes that look like your own handwriting kind of automatically without you thinking about it. So 
you can send a note that looks like you wrote it by hand and then took a picture of it with your phone uh, to your audience or to your friends. Uh, you know, say you don't have the time to actually do that, but it still gives you that nice, uh, warm, handwritten, uh, authentic feel. Uh, so you can do it for birthdays, you can do it for promotions, and it's a it's, it's kind of a nifty little thing that I have set up. So if anybody's interested in that, they can just reach out to me. Uh, the easiest place is me at willharkin.com. So you can just reach out to me and shoot me an email uh, and I can get you hooked up with that. And of course, if you need any help with music production or music lessons, uh, you can reach me at the same place as well. Uh, so just keeping it simple, just shoot me an email and I'll hook you up. All right. And, 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 just, and, and just to give you the spelling of that, it's M-E at W-I-L-L h-a-r-k-e-n dot com okay perfect perfect gotcha okay and if you are deriving value from this uh definitely consider donating to this show um uh one dollar five dollars ten bucks a thousand dollars um anything helps the show i put it back into the show for hosting fees and technical equipment uh and also rate this on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast five stars if you think it's worth it. Okay, that is uh, that was a little longer than I expected, but it's done. Okay, so so if someone does want to become a guitarist, um, you would not. Is there a, a cheap? Uh, guitar to get started uh would you recommend something such as a ukulele to get started so i would definitely not recommend the well so it depends on what you want really i would say i i would recommend learning the guitar uh probably starting on an acoustic guitar that way you can transition to electric guitar and ukulele easily so if you learn how to play the guitar you can pick up a ukulele and learn how to play it in five minutes uh, so I, it does, but it doesn't go the other way around where if you learn the ukulele, you're not going to be able to pick up the guitar and play it very easily because the ukulele is just an easy, it's an easier instrument to play. Um, not, not to rag on, you know, pro ukulele players cause they do some crazy stuff for sure. Uh, but it, the ukulele is definitely a, a more casual instrument that's easier to learn. Uh, so if you're, if you're serious about being a musician and kind of having more tr- transitive ability where you can play an electric guitar, an acoustic guitar, a bass guitar, a ukulele, uh, you know, and, and kind of have a lot, a lot of diversity there. I would learn the guitar first. Um, and I would probably say in terms of a guitar model, I, I would just say, you know, if you can afford it, getting a, you know, any guitar that's kind of in the 300, 200 to $300 range, that's an acoustic guitar. Uh, and I would definitely play the guitar in person before you buy it and just make sure you like the way that it feels. Uh, and, and I know that's hard to, when you're just starting out, you're not really going to know if it feels good or what feels right. Uh, but I, I think that it's, it's cool to be able to play the guitar before you, you buy it. So would probably recommend that as well. Yeah. And most of it, um, like now when you get into the electrical guitars, I mean, uh, that's not like, there's no different. It's, it's not necessarily easier or more difficult. It's just different. Right. I would say that it's, uh, 
with an acoustic guitar, you have to press the strings down more and it's going to build your calluses more. So when, when you're a string player uh, with most string instruments, your fingers are going to hurt a decent bit to start out with for, for a period of time before your fingers build up calluses. And that's, that's honestly probably a big reason why a lot of people do quit uh, is that it is actually a little bit painful to learn how to play the guitar and to build up the calluses. Um, but I, w- I will say that when you play on an acoustic, it builds stronger calluses than on an electric. So if you start playing on an electric guitar and then switch to acoustic, it's going to hurt your fingers because you're not used to it. Yeah, definitely. But in terms of the in terms of how the guitar is laid out in the notes and the, the tuning of the strings, electric guitars and acoustic guitars are the same. Yeah. Um, so I, in middle school, I remember, uh, taking, taking that guitar lesson, like, like there was like this little guitar class and I didn't, and I don't remember much, something about a C note and a D note and, uh, just it, like it, it never really stuck with me and I never, uh, played the piano, but I mean, uh, I, I would definitely say if I had to do it again, I probably would have tried it one more time. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the trick is um, if I, if I was going to give a piece of advice to anyone that wanted to learn an instrument, I would say just play for a half hour every day, even if you suck, uh, because, you know, you're not going to understand music theory the first time you sit down, you know what I mean? Like, so you're talking about, Oh, well, I don't understand, you know, what's a C note, what's a D note you're not going to understand that in 30 minutes. Uh, so you have to sit down and just keep trying every day uh, until you eventually get it. And it, it does help to have a teacher or a guitar teacher. Um, but you know, you don't, you certainly can learn the guitar by yourself. My grandma taught herself how to play guitar. Um, so it's, it's certainly possible to do that, but the real thing that counts in it, and it's like anything else, it's showing up and it's persistence where you just got to do it. And if you don't do it, you're not going to get good at it. It's pretty simple. Yeah, and um, definitely uh, a place like Skillshare. I mean, it. I mean, you would say that's good for beginners, but if you want to get into the more advanced stuff and like really elevate yourself, they should go and find people like you, right? I would say there's probably some really good talent on Skillshare where you could reach a pretty high level of proficiency, actually. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think that you can't really beat one-on-one tuition where, you know, or one-on-one tutoring, where uh, a person on Skillshare is going to show you, you know, how to do scales and do all the stuff that technically, yeah, you need to know how to do. But if you take lessons with a person one-on-one, you can say, hey, I want to learn how to play this song. And they'll show you how to play that song, where it's a lot more customized, where they'll, you know, if you want to learn how to play Sweet Child of Mine, then they can teach you how to do that, uh, where you wouldn't get that from a Skillshare or kind of like, uh, one of those general info product experiences. So that would be a thing to keep in mind, I guess. Yeah. And, um, now I've never actually seen this, but, and this is going to get really technical here. Is there a program where it shows the notes to different songs and like, like, like let's take sweet child of mine, like, is there like some place where you could find the notes to the song of 
of uh, how you should play it. Like it, it would display the the note line with with the C notes, the D notes, the G notes, um, or, or G string. Like any place where people could go and find those things to uh, practice. Yeah. So. A lot of people, and, and for me, I actually started playing guitar by ear, actually, where you just listen to it and you try to play it. And obviously, everybody sucks at that when they start, but it's a really effective way to, because if, you, if you're not interested in learning how to read music or, you know, look at tablature, uh, it can be very useful to learn how to play by ear, where you just listen to the song and then try to play it back. Um, so I would definitely recommend trying that route as well. But there are websites that have guitar tablature uh, where you can, and it's not technically sheet music. Uh, it just shows kind of the string that you should be pressing down on the specific fret that you sh- should be on. So uh, there are websites, there's Guitar Tab. I think it's called, uh, wait, there's Ultimate Guitar. There's a bunch of websites that do that. Uh, but all, I would say Ultimate Guitar is one that comes to mind. Uh, one thing to watch out for is that a lot of those sites are wrong where the people, cause it's community contributed where, you know, it's just some guy on the internet writing it. Right. <laughs> so a lot of them will be incorrect. Uh, so watch out for that. Um, and of course there's a lot of places that do sheet music as well, where they will transcribe the song and actual music notation. Um, you know, where you actually have the notes on a staff uh, that's a lot harder to do as a guitarist. Uh, most guitarists I know at this point don't do that anymore because it's annoying to learn. Uh, but that is, you know, if you're, especially if you're going the classical guitar route or ja- doing jazz or classical, uh, learning how to read uh, traditional, mu- you know, music in the traditional notation uh, probably isn't a bad idea. Yeah. And, um, hmm. Yeah. So do you have a favorite song, um, favorite rock song or anything like that, that, that really got you into it, uh, before you, uh, went to, uh, pursue your dream to become a musician? Well, so in, in terms of songs that I was really into when I started playing guitar, I was really into rock and I was really into kind of the shredder type of stuff where it's, you know, the crazy guitar solos, uh, so I, I really liked Van Halen's Eruption. Um, I, there's an artist called Joe Satriani that I really liked uh, and still still do like. Uh, in, in terms of when I decided I wanted to do music professionally, you know, I would have been studying economics at, in college at the time. And I, I think that was kind of when I was like, yeah, this is really the thing I think I'm meant to to focus on. I did finish out my economics degree, uh, so that, which I don't regret. Learned a lot of good stuff. Uh, in terms of music I was listening to, though, that's kind of when I got uh, very diverse with what I listened to. And I really like a lot of music, a lot of different, uh, you know, what, anything from pop to, to, you know, older country and modern country. Uh, so I have a pretty diverse range of stuff that I enjoy. Uh, so I kind of branched out from the rock and roll shredder guitar focused roots, I guess. Yeah. Now, um, a little bit of a side note here, just to let you know, um, there was, you know, a lot of kids are coming up into college and they do not know what they want to do. They don't know what they want to major in or anything of the sort they want 
but they're passionate about something like music. Uh, for I mean, for a 17, 18 year old, uh, 19 year old kid, even uh, if they just, you know, if they're about to come up and go into their freshman year, um, but they really have no ambition to be there, um, you would recommend to hold off on that and at least, you know, work on your passion if you are serious about this um, to to at least take a year off and just really know if you want to go for it. I think it's very circumstantial. Uh, I would definitely advise against, in most cases, I would advise against studying music in college. I would say that if you're going to pay for, or if you're going to get, even if you're getting a free ride to college and you're going to take the time, I would recommend focusing on hard sciences or, I mean, maybe not, you know, you, you know, psychology, even, uh, you know, economics, math, STEM type of stuff, you know, uh, or, you know, bi- even business, I think not a bad option. So for me, the problem is, is that art is, it, it, art is something that kind of goes against the whole kind of concept of return on investment, right? Where it's, if you're going to college and you're spending that type of money or you're spending the government's money or wherever, or your parents' money, wherever you're getting the money from, you should spend it on something that can recover the value that you're losing. So like if if you go for music, it's going to be very, very difficult to recover that value in a traditional career path where, where you could just go to school for something that's like a hard science and still continue to do music on the side. Um, And I, I don't know. I think that's kind of the approach I would, I would take uh, because at the end of the day, you're only going to be a good guitarist or you're only going to be a good musician if you spend time doing it yourself. And I, I got bad news for all the people out there that are like, oh, well, you have to go to college to be a good musician. Like a lot of the people who are freaking amazing jazz players, they didn't go to college. They just made stuff up and it was awesome. So I would say be very skeptical of uh what institutions or educational systems say that they will offer you because a lot of the times the real treasure is an innovation and just screwing around and writing it down. Uh, So I I would say be weary of pursuing the arts in general in a college environment because the ROI probably won't be there and you can just be an awesome artist by yourself anyway and learning from other people and experimenting with other artists. Yeah. And um, now, I mean, I definitely would have uh, held off um, at least one year had I not, like, had I just really known what I wanted to do. Um, And the same thing can be said for sports. I mean, I played hockey in college. Um, I probably wouldn't have made the junior league at that point, even if there was a junior league in Maryland, but that's besides the note. Um, if so to all you out there, if you want to do your passion project, do your passion project. Don't spend tens of thousands of dollars on a university, just go out there and, and make it happen. And you might succeed. You might not, but at least go down trying and, 
at least you're not going to wind up in a lot of debt as you would going to college, uh, not knowing what you wanted to do in the first place uh, to go get a career. So my advice to you is get out there and just, and do a lot of things, earn some cash on the side and, and see what you're good at and see what makes you happy. So, yeah. Uh, Will? Yeah, I'm still here, man. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, we're, we're almost done here. Um, I think that, um, uh, okay. Did you ever see an effect, um, in your ability of like mathematics, uh, with music, um, growing up, like once you started to really learn, did you see any effect um, um, in your cognitive yeah, I, level or anything? Yeah. So I, I think a lot of people kind of, I, I think, uh, there's, there's kind of this assumption that because music is math has some mathematical component to it, that doing it makes you better at math. I'm pretty sure that's complete bull crap. Uh, don't get me wrong. Music theory is very mathematical and, music itself can be very formula based and you can, uh, you know, you can say, Oh, well, this is the interval between these two notes. And this is why this note sound, these, these three notes together sound good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's learning how to play the guitar or like, or learning music theory is not going to make you a calculus genius. Doing calculus is going to make you a calculus genius. So I, I think anybody that says that there's, um, and it goes the other way too where doing calculus is not going to make you a good musician. (laughs) They're just like totally different things. So uh, yeah, I would say they're somewhat unrelated. I think that there might be something to be said for exercising the brain where if your brain is used to learning things. So if you, if you, if you train your brain to learn a lot of stuff, you know, you might be able to get better at learning things in general. So if you learn how to play an instrument, then you learn how to play calculus. The third thing that you try to learn how to do is probably going to be easier because you've learned how to learn things. So that would be the only relationship that I could see. Yeah. And what I've noticed um, going back to college now is that, you know, most people don't want to learn on their own. They want to be told what to do. They want safety over freedom in most circumstances and, you know, and it's just been, um, you know, rewarding to learn how to narrate an audiobook over the past two, three years. And, um, just, and just get these things done. Um, and, and actually get your audiobook distributed across 40 different platforms, which is, just insane like you you couldn't have told me any of this would happen three years ago which it, it it's rewarding uh when you when you build yourself up and learn from a mentor and you and you put stuff out there and you share it to the world yeah man i i completely agree whether it's uh whether it's podcasting or you know some computer program or music uh, it's really 
about being a producer and not just a consumer and thinking, well, what can I actually make and, and what will I enjoy making that the world can also enjoy? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, and I think we do need to become net producers, all of us. Uh, that doesn't mean we can't consume anything. I mean, we can definitely yeah, sure. go buy products. I mean, I'll encourage that, that everyone should try and become a homeowner. Absolutely. Uh, there's that. And um, if you, but if you actually uh, be a net producer to the economy, you know, you're going to have a more rewarding life rather than just living in debt and living high on the hog, so to speak. Yeah, I, I think um, I think a lot of people miss uh, kind of miss the enjoyment that can come out of making stuff. Making stuff can be really fun. It doesn't have to be work because people tend to think that, oh, well, I'm going to go get my job and I'm going to work from nine to five. And that's cool for some people, uh, but not everything that is productive for the world has to be you know, it doesn't have to be work. You can enjoy making those things and you can have a good time doing it. So finding the enjoyment and, 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 and creativity, I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you definitely can make uh, money from these pet projects. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, we had people, making an entire YouTube pizza show. And I covered that on the last episode of, you know, from Munchies, you know, like pizza, even something like that pizza, like you'd never think would, would uh, just have its own show about, I mean, and, and you have these travel vlogs and everything and people just going around in these house tours. Like, like if, if, if anything should uh, you should take from that is that it's possible um, and and that you can do it. So, I mean, look at yourself in the mirror, smile and say, I can do this. You're going to get, you're going to, you're going to go farther than you think. Trust me. Yeah. I, I, I from, for me, it's uh you know, it's going to be, the journey's a lot longer and harder than you'll ever imagine, but you can do it. It's, it's, it's definitely possible. It's just going to be challenging. And that's, that's just part of it. Yeah. It, it's definitely challenging and marketing um, these services, the course, um, everything. I mean, yeah, it can, it can be, it can be very challenging and find and finding the right buyer too is, uh, is probably the most difficult thing actually. I'll definitely, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to spring an extra for an, a few hundred on an email list, but that's besides the point. Uh, yeah. So music, without music, um, I don't think our culture would um, ever become, you know, what it is today um, in terms of just, you know, how America was brought up through the... Uh, 20th century um i mean we had uh rocket like musical music revolutions with it like Jimi hendrix and uh 
And and do you want to comment on this? Yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying. Where music's very important for a culture, and it's very important for people. I think where music gives people a way to remember the past. I think that's a very big part of music is being able to remember uh, people that we love, friends, uh, friends and family, and. Yeah, I think I think culturally music's cool because even in music that you hear today, you'll hear callbacks to ideas that are from the 80s where you'll hear, you know, a synth that sounds like it's from the 80s or you'll hear a guitar part that sounds like it's from the 60s. Uh, and so, you know, it's it's kind of, uh, I, I don't know, it's just a nice little thing that runs alongside time as we go along here that we can, uh, you know, call on to make us remember each other and to I mean if nothing else just dance to which I can't dance but I write music that people could dance to sometimes I guess <laughs> of course I mean oh geez I don't remember like oh I don't remember the last time I danced like like I really actually got on the dance floor it's it's been that long and I guess uh and I guess the Budweiser virus, um, I got to call it that uh, because I'll uh, just so I don't uh, get the uh, label on YouTube. Uh, yeah. So with that, when the Budweiser virus came, I mean, like it, it definitely put people back into their homes and they um, just, and more musicians did come out and just people started producing. So it was, if anything, that brought the worst and the best out of us. Uh, but music definitely helped uh, keep us connected, even in that time. It's true. Yeah, definitely a lot more time to be creative uh, over the over the pandemic period, uh, and you know, still seeing the residuals from that, where a lot of people are being uh, more artistic and having the time to be more creative. Yeah. And, and, um, I do think we are going to, um, go into this era of mobile income and we're going to be, and more people are going to be able to actually produce something for themselves. I mean, I'm working gigs on Upwork and I'm earning extra right now. Um, it's, it's a little difficult uh, because some people won't take you up. They don't necessarily like some qualities about you. And yes, it may be hard at first uh, to do, but if you uh, show examples of your work to potential clients, you know, you can do it even for something like music. They, they need musicians on Upwork. I'll tell you that. Um, I don't know if you've ever uh, done any work through there at all. So, yeah, that's an interesting thing. So the problem with, um, and, and yeah, 100% it's possible to get jobs through those marketplaces like Upwork and Fiverr. The problem is, is that you're competing with a lot of other people typically on those platforms. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I would say the main way to compete if I was recommending to somebody who is trying to uh, get gigs on Upwork and Fiverr would be to differentiate yourself uh, in some way to, to make sure that you, and, and preferably making it so that you're superior, not just different, but something where 
it's it's that you can deliver more value than the than a, the other 42 people that are applying to the to the uh the gig uh so that would probably be my recommendation but um outside of marketplaces you know if you're building your own email lists or you're building your own audience through you know organic social posts or whatever like that can also be effective as well or heck just reaching out to your own network uh for for anything that you might be selling or anything that you might be uh you know trying to get out into the world and one more question and then i'll wrap this up uh building an email list is that any different from any market uh when it comes to uh you know people in the trying to get into the music industry uh so i would say i would say that the email list that you build and the way that you're communicating with people should be different depending on the industry. So for the music industry, it seems like, you know, if you, in the easiest way that you can figure out if you're doing things right or wrong is to subscribe to other people's mailing lists in your industry. So say you're a musician, you could subscribe to Billie Eilish, Taylor Swift, you know, and a couple of other musicians and kind of see what they're doing to get an idea uh, and, and it's not so that you should copy them, but you can kind of get a feel for like what's an acceptable number of times per week to send an email to people or what types of language are they using in their email communications. Uh, and, and that same strategy I would use for any industry where, you know, if you're if you're selling a financial info product, I would subscribe to like five to 10 other financial info product email lists and see what they're saying to their customers because uh, they are going to try to do the things that make them money. They're going to try to do the things that sell. And uh, that I think that strategy would apply to pretty much any industry. Uh, granted, in the music industry, especially if you're an artist, it's very, very difficult to make money. <laughs> I, I will say uh, if you're just selling, so if you're trying to make your Spotify single go viral, uh, it's it's very, very difficult without uh, having millions of dollars from a company like Universal Music Group or, uh, you know, any of those other really big labels. All right. Uh, That is going to do it. Um, I am Adam Rothstein. Uh, This is William Mason. Um, uh, And I go by by Will Harkin. So W-I-L-L-H-A-R-K-E-N, you know, in terms of my music stuff and in terms of my personal music that I release and in terms of the lessons and, and the services that I do. Perfect. Um, and if you like this show, remember to rate this on iTunes, five stars, um, uh, subscribe on Spotify, um, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube or listening to us, to me on YouTube. Um, and uh, I'll see you all in the next episode or or you'll listen you'll hear me in the next episode oh all right okay until then stay safe stay great and i will talk to you then